Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. And I'm joined today by my guest, Harry Manier, the author of The Beast of Borgenwald. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a, oh, it's a no thrill. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Now, you've got something on Kickstarter for, for, for Zine Quest, because it's that month, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, no, I I finally I've got it together uh, sufficiently to to do a zine quest and make a thing, and I, I've made it, and it's out there, and it's well, the response has just been head spinningly, uh, brain meltingly humbling. I suppose is, is how I describe it. Excellent, that's good to hear. That's very good to hear. Now, I'm curious about it. It's for old school essentials, which is one of my favorite systems to pick stuff up for. I like I like old school essentials because I run all I've run all kinds of old systems. Uh, it, I I run castles and crusades. I run swords and wizardry. I run Osric. I, you know, and that's the sort old school essentials runs with any of them. And oh, frankly, this is a great game. So, what can we expect from this zine? Yeah, no, I, as you said, it is it is part of the whole giant incestuous mess that is pre third edition D anD D mechanically. It'll it'll gel into just about anything you like, whether you're a, whether you're a blue home or a hyperborea or a castles and crusades kind of guy. So, yeah, the Beast of Borgen World. It's a we're looking at a sixty ish page, or it's getting a little bigger now as a result of blasting through some stretch goals, which is kind of fun. Nice uh, adventure for old school essentials and basically. The wealthiest son of a small hunting town in a dour, pine-coated, snow-blanketed corner of the edge of the frozen world has <laughs> gotten into some big debts to some very bad people. He's uh, he's found out then, to make things worse, that that debt has been sold to some sort of su supernatural uh, debt collector. They're kind of, uh, it's a, a little bit a little bit haggy, a little bit witchy, a little bit kind of like uh, Vinnie Jones's character from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, I haven't um, seen that in a while. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fundamental believer that Guy Ritchie peaked with his first film and it's just been a long, <laughs> slow decline ever since. But, uh, oh, no. I feel like that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so the clock is ticking on this this person. So he decided to, uh, as, as many people um i suppose sort of mired and uh swathed in generational wealth to to plunder that wealth in some way so he's he's hired some local goons to retroactively collect his inheritance from his grandmother's tomb and because this is fantasy and storytelling and stuff things have gone wrong and an ancient horror has been unleashed upon the town and now now we're the whole place is kind of locked in some sort of uh hellish amalgamation of uh terry gilliam's jabberwocky alien and uh, jaws maybe maybe <laughs> um, but yeah no it's a, it's it's a location-based mystery dark fantasy horror adventure um i suppose is the the best way to jam words together to to describe it it's um I wanted to make something that uh, felt like a, a toolbox for Dungeon Masters to kind of play around with and have a different experience with different players every time. I wanted uh, something that players could approach differently uh, from different directions. Um, I wanted uh, high weirdness. I wanted location-based storytelling as opposed to a sequence of events. And I wanted a, a truly nightmarish monster at the heart of it all, which hopefully we did. Is, is, um, is, is the nightmarish monster what we see on the front cover? That, that is correct. The, uh, perfectly portrayed by the uh, amazingly talented uh, Chris Markle. 
Pencils and Dungeons on Instagram. Go check him out. He's awesome. It's like Warhammer fantasy role playing first edition art, and it is just chef's kiss. Um, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, I guess spoilers for people who are going to play this, but uh, I we, we know it's probably just Dungeon Masters here, right? It's still be fine. <laughs> And so for the referees out there, it's the kind of the, the cent- one of the central characters of this module is, uh, is a woman called uh, Kazmira Vilinkin, who was a uh, famous huntress who hunted just about every form of monster, beast and strange astral being from here to the farthest corners of niche spelljammer modules. And yeah, one of the things she dragged back her prize collection is this kind of this manticore, which has been taxidermied, stuffed, varnished, bathed in chromium salts. And basically the spoiler here is that every night, all of the, uh, the trophies in Kazmira's tomb uh, come alive and she hunts them again in death in perpetuity, which was the, the kind of cyclical event that was disturbed by, uh, by her grandson's goons. The, the undead manticore is loose. It's loose. So I've just actually realized that I, I didn't, I, I talk loftily about Jabberwocky and Jaws and Alien <laughs> and, and some of the stuff. I've made night at the museum. <laughs> <laughs> Jabberwock. I'm I'm a Terry Gilliam fan, and I I really there there are so many films that are on that that high list of mine that were were Terry Gilliams that are yeah. <laughs> give me give me your top three Terry Gilliam films. Oh, Fisher King's definitely on the top three, and oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think 12 monkeys might be as well, but, but fitting in the others there over the top three is really hard. Cause you've got like, you've got Brazil and you've got time bandits mm-hmm. both have like I, I, that rose colored glasses thing going on with those films. So it's hard to get, pick the third one, but those two are definitely high up on there. Probably Fisher King might be one of the highest. <laughs> I could not agree more. Yeah, no, for me, it's got to be like Time Bandits has got to be up there. I think I think I've, I've watched that movie on repeat as a very young child at a point <laughs> where I think I, I hope it was just kind of flashing colors and lights and I didn't really kind of ingest just how weird and strange it was. But I suppose that's that's the thing, right? When you're when you're a kid, you have a, yeah. a giant sponge brain for weirdness that uh, in retrospect, you're like this. I shouldn't have been watching <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's going to be in there. I, I actually, I actually only watched much to my chagrin Brazil like a month ago uh, for the first time, and oh. Jonathan Price, uh, Michael Palin, like it's, 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 it's immediately skyrocketed to like top absolute tier of my list. It's, it's brilliant. That I really is... want to. Yeah, that's I really a want to run like a troika scenario in like kind of the Brazil world. It also feels a bit like Electric Bastion by uh, by Chris McDowell because I, I'm only capable of thinking about things in terms of uh, <laughs> well, when 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 Brazil had come out or when Brazil was relatively new, my grandparents had cable and I would go over there. That's the first time I had seen it. They had HBO and it was on HBO and. I didn't quite know what to think, but at the time I was also getting into all the PBS stuff like Doctor Who and uh, I, I want to say this is around when Red Dwarf was first coming out when I first saw it because it was on PBS as well at that time. So it was one of those weird oddities that I caught that and uh, and Baron Munchauser. I remember seeing them around the same time. (laughs) Honestly, that is, that is such an excellent kind of coalition (laughs) coalescence. I think that's the word. Screw it. Uh, That's such a brilliant, like hodgepodge of like everything that was (laughs) weird and British and science fantasy, which 
honestly, it was weird enough for me with all the kind of the the British cultural touchstones required to kind of think that's not totally weird. I <laughs> coming from an American perspective, it must have been just such a trip. <laughs> I was not. I was not a popular kid. <laughs> People did not like the things I liked in that day and age. <laughs> <laughs> I was very much a misfit when it came to the things I was going on about. Everybody else had Nintendo. I was like, I don't have a Nintendo. I just got the library three blocks down. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, no. To be fair, I was uh, I was very much the same. I think uh, yeah, no. And and now I definitely don't read enough, and I play way too much Nintendo. The, the tables <laughs> really have, have flipped. That's excellent. So I'm curious, uh, like, uh, what inspired this game and where are you coming from on your journey of gaming and inspirations, etc.? Oh, wow. Uh, ho hopefully the near the beginning of a long and grueling road that will result in many more uh, Kickstarters in which I break even. So, okay, the, the module itself in terms of inspiration, it, as I'm pretty sure... 99% of every kind of adventure that gets designed, particularly for the OSR scene, sprang out of something that I made for my home game. Uh, I run a, a, a weekly or bi-weekly game of Old School Essentials, and I've been doing it for the last year and a half. <laughs> I was so excited to make the campaign initially. I sat down for about three weeks, and I just wrote about 15 to 20 small dungeons to kind of scatter throughout the whole thing. Cause I was like, I, I have to make the world. Verisimilitude is the most important <laughs> thing when you're making it, when you're running an old school style, it's absolutely fine. The world has to keep existing. Accurate time records, Gary. <laughs> and I ended up making far too much content that no one's actually touched. And we've obviously gone off in a totally different direction now because it's D and D and that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, this was, this was the, uh, the bare bones of this module were something that is tucked away far away in the corner of a homebrew campaign and yeah i think i think my, my my friend dan who is actually the person who got me into role-playing game he ran a game of uh pathfinder first edition for us when we were all in the process of dropping out of a philosophy degree <laughs> so it was, it was playing a lot of ping pong and uh playing a lot of pathfinder and just just to uh frame my journey a little bit in terms of how far i've come I, I rocked up late to the first session. I hadn't read the rules and I made a bard whose name was Jagger. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I've really set the bar for, for being a, a role player. <laughs> very, very low. <laughs> and then, yeah, we played that campaign for ages and we played other stuff as well. And then I kind of fell off and got back into it again recently. But in, he was harassing me being like, you should uh, actually, you know, make things and put things out there and, and do stuff. So I did what my my the giants upon whose shoulders I stand on have done, and uh, I got a blog. It's, it's great. Bought, bought a domain and everything. <laughs> so, And I, I posted about three things, uh, obviously, in the last like, year, so uh, I'm well on track. But one of those <laughs> things was the was the initial write-up for this, and someone on the uh, the OSR Reddit, and it's, which is a just, I love that community. They're great. They're so supportive. They're so keen. Everyone's really into one another's stuff, uh, which is just so lovely and another reason why i think i had the courage to do this um someone was like yeah you should uh they said oh cool you should totally uh stick this up on kickstarter um you know make a make a little bit of a few npcs to go near it and flesh it out a little bit and yeah i'd, I'd back that so <laughs> i took the five or six page module and then spent the next six months agonizingly blowing it up into about 60 pages excellent <laughs> Excellent. So it, it it's I mean at, at sixty plus pages is a hefty size scene. That's that's 
you get too much bigger, you have a hard time getting that thing stapled. <laughs> I literally one more one more page, and the printers will no longer let me uh, do things. I've had to make the paint like the interior paper a little bit thinner uh, to do it. I want I really really wanted to have recycled paper in this, but apparently that's just a little bit too thick now. So I have to go out and burn more trees. Uh, which is <laughs> but hey, I, price. I, I wonder how many trees have died for my for my for the for my library in my basement. I'm sure I don't want to know. <laughs> it's I mean with that fantastically 70s wood paneling, like I know many. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's technically 1959 wood paneling, from what Ooh. I understand. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, no, and and the the really exciting thing is the uh, the zine itself just got a bit bigger too because when I set this thing up, I I think I set the the funding goal at about 500 pounds and really didn't think we were going to get there and sort of made up some random stretch goals, which my wife, who is a much more kind of capable person when it comes to doing maths and calculating percentages of things, informed me later it was a stupid idea, but apparently mm -hmm. it's worked out. But yeah, I set the 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 stretch goal at two thousand uh, pounds to be something, and it would be cool. I didn't know. I was like, maybe everyone gets free shipping. Maybe you'll get <laughs> or something like that. And then my my uh, Casey uh, once again informed me that I was I was being foolish. But the one thing that we did, uh, I we do actually have the uh, the kind of the budget and the time and the the wherewithal to do is to make a whole new adventure. So oh, nice. the Beast of Borgenwald is a is a fifty six page adventure, and now as of today, we've uh, we've got another eight page adventure called uh, Rites of Weeping, which is not really finished enough yet for me to give you any concrete details about, but hopefully it will be a compact one shot machine for uh putting people through uh strange dungeons with uh their own weather systems and some oh. sort of horrible ogre that steals people's souls i think that's where we're pointing with that thing hopefully it'll be fine <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun i'm looking forward to it now we're about on time can you tell the listeners where they can find you online and where they can uh check you out it's 100. Um, so yeah, you can you can find uh, me on Instagram at Big Old Book of Spells. That's probably the best place to get in touch with me. Or you can Facebook me or uh, um, you think uh, the thing you should probably do right now though is to go and look up and back, please, and you know make your friends and family. Uh, your mum would love this. Uh, <laughs> back the Beast of Borgenwald, a strangeness and terror beyond the grave, a dark and dangerous adventure for old school essentials. Uh, with absolutely steaming through uh stretch goals that didn't exist this morning uh, at the moment <laughs> <laughs> uh, the moment we're looking like some people get some uh, some stickers uh which will hopefully be shiny and portray the wonderful face of one of my favorite npcs in the game which is a, a goblin that is eating the the flesh of uh, a strange river god and therefore ascending into fishy godliness himself <laughs> um, so yeah uh yeah thank you yeah, that, I think I think that's all my, my places uh, and everything I had to say beyond just, yeah, hail the one true goblin. Uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great hearing from you. It, thank you for having me. It's been it's been really nice. It's really nice to talk to you. I, I'll have to make more things so that uh, <laughs> I have an excuse to come back. Excellent. That sounds good. We're looking forward to it. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Tell your friends and family about us. They can listen to. <laughs> We're on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. 
We're on Patreon. We can really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.